Hey everyone, this is Connor. Before we get started, I just want to encourage you to check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash podsidepicnic. If you become a patron, you'll get access to multiple exclusive episodes every month. And you can also join our patrons-only Discord chat, where Pete and I talk informally with the Podside Picnic community. So if you like the show, go ahead and check us out at patreon.com slash podsidepicnic. Thanks. Welcome back to Podside, everyone. Uh, this is Carlo, and uh, today I am flying solo because uh, I think Pete found some uh, was was investigating a house. Uh, there was some some message, some ominous message written on the wall in blood. <laughs> he wasn't so sure it was important, and he's not really going to pay it any attention. He's going to stay the night over there. I really hope everything turns out for him. Um, and, but today we are going to be talking to MK uh, about Ex Machina, uh, the 2014, uh, is it Alex Garland film? Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, welcome, MK. Uh, do you, did you want to tell me why you chose? Uh, because we, we watched this because you chose it. Uh, why did you want to uh, discuss this one with us today? I think it's sort of a tense little black mirror-ish movie uh, that I just found really fascinating. Uh, sometimes people on the internet uh, say it's it's sexist or whatever, but I've never read that into it. So I kind of want to undo some well, of the it, slander. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, I... I, I... I was thinking about that because I think this is the second time I've watched it. Um, the first time I watched it was, uh, I guess the, whenever it came out, uh, and it was available for streaming or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, I watched it then. And that must've been probably, I'm not sure if it's like late 2014 or 2015. And I definitely remember, cause I was starting to get into like the whole sort of, science fiction writer scene and whatnot and the fandom and, and sort of trying to see measure what's, what's out there. And I remember a lot of the, uh, I mean, at the time it wasn't called that, but it would have been the discourse of the day, uh, was about how they were trying to map certain aspects of, uh, the film onto sort of um, stereotypes of Gamergate and, you know, the whole incel versus, you know, the nice guys that are caping for women and so on. And, you know, I, I, I had trouble sort of making that connection then. And even more so now, I feel like I, yeah, I yeah. don't know. I don't know that it's really there. It's, uh, it's just not there. I don't think um, I've seen a couple of critiques that are like, critical of how Asian women are depicted in the film. Like Asian women are often depicted in Hollywood as robots. And I, I get that one. That one is mm-hmm. totally fair. Um, but other than that, it's, it's sort of intentionally removed from our time. I think it's, it's definitely a not too distant future setting. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I, I do, I mean, 
if if there is one flaw that I found in this movie is really that um, they cast Oscar Isaac as the villain. And he's way too. He's way too fucking charismatic. <laughs> oh, he's he's completely sexy at all times. He can't help it. Yeah, yeah. he's great. <laughs> well, I mean, and and um, I you know the more I uh, I sort of uh, picked away at like the 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 take right the the take that I mentioned, um, the more I picked at it, I, the more I came away with like, well, this is more like sort of. I mean, Bluebeard, but with like sort of elements of Frankenstein thrown in and and stuff like that. And you know, one of the funny things about Oscar Isaac in in the film is that he is basically he's um, uh, close shorn or almost bald, or his head isn't fully shaved, shaved, uh, but he's got a full beard. So you know, I I think that that was perfectly intentional to make you think, oh, this is Bluebeard. You know, this is that's his beard right there. I hadn't made um, that connection, but you're right. It's definitely it's definitely a Bluebeard story. And yeah, it's it's really interesting because it, the, it it's it's sort of if you know what the what the story is, you get like a sort of enhanced experience, if you will. You know, that's the my feeling at least. But I'm sorry, I, I may have cut you off. No, no. Uh, I th- I think I was. I think I just have a bad habit of adding end at the end of things when I'm finished. <laughs> <It's all> good. <laughs> have you tried improv? Uh- <laughs> <laughs> I think I might have once or twice. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. Uh, so yeah. Um, do we want to do a, a, a very uh, brief synopsis? Cause I, I think that the, the beauty of this is really how elegant and simple the story really is. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's not that complicated. I feel like it's just proceeds along a certain uh, log- its own internal logic, uh, which makes sense to us because we're watch as we're watching it. Um, sure, I can do uh, uh, I can do that. Oh, go ahead, yeah. Uh, so Caleb is a programmer at a corporation called Blue Book, which is sort of like Google, and he wins a sweepstakes to go to the CEO and engineers. Uh, secluded uh, house where he gets to spend the week with him. And when he gets there, he's asked to sign an NDA because where he is is really a research facility. And once he signs it, he gets to meet an, well, uh, a, what may be an AI called Ava. And he's supposed to give Turing tests. These are tests to see if the AI is really an AI. And from there, it it gets a little bit more complicated because, of course, a Turing test uh, is supposed to be given by somebody who is unaware that this is a robot. So mm-hmm. he discovers that, um, let's see, Ava starts feeding him information that maybe he shouldn't trust the CEO, Nathan. Well, I think uh, if I may jump in just briefly, I think the, the really interesting turn here and the way I saw it is that essentially it's, so a Turing test is, is a test to see if a computer passes as human. Um, And so it's, I, I do feel that there is a a certain 
uh, focus on pointing out without really hitting you over the head with it, that um, testing a, a, a being that has a consciousness uh, yes. in while also withholding information is, is somewhat paternalistic, if not outright cruel and does not foster trust. And that's actually what Ava turns around on um, Caleb. Yes. Uh, when, and, and I feel like that's really well handled um, because it, it really does resonate because it's, it's like um, it, it, it it, it's the thing that for me, at least, um, if I'm thinking about how uh, psychological testing is somewhat soft, st- has a soft standardization or a default to whiteness or a certain you know level of socioeconomic status, what exactly are you testing exactly? You know, what, what are, what are you testing then? You know, how are you doing this? And I would say curiously, I think she passes in that she comes across as sentient, but she doesn't ever pass as human, Mm -hmm. which I find is very interesting. And especially at the turn, she becomes completely sort of alien Mm -hmm. uh, toward the end. But I think that, that the fact that she can just be herself is mm-hmm. is really interesting, right? I, I do, uh, you know. This time around, I I, I wasn't. I, I'm still somewhat disturbed by how everything ends, but at the same time, you know, I I do can I can see it from all like all the angles uh, that that are presented, like all the philosophical dis- discussions that are embodied by the characters. I can see it, you know, and 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 honestly, um, you know, by the end. Uh, this is definitely like a, a sort of a liberation story, but you know, the Mm -hmm. problem being that (laughs) this, I mean, it it may not, it it may not be anything bad that happens later on, but, uh, you know, there is going to be some type of, uh, I, I hesitate to use it, but honestly, there is going to be some violence, uh, that needs to happen for liberation to happen. If yes. you are basically being oppressed. Um, yes. So I, I, I think I jumped way ahead there, but we could, we could probably circle back and, and get there again. Yeah. So I guess while she's giving, um, I'm trying to, to, to remember some of the details of what happened in the middle of the story, but Ava, yeah, it, go for it. Yeah, no, I mean, um, because I feel like the, what we're talking about, the, the question where she basically turns the questions back on Caleb. Yes, um, important. Yeah, I think it starts because she shows him a picture, a drawing that she made. And it's a draw, it's a, it's a, you know, very technically, um, uh, capable drawing. It just looks like a grid, uh, in sort of 3D animation or something like that. But it, she doesn't know what it is, or, or she yeah. professes not to say. She says she doesn't know what it is or why she did it. And we get that because I believe that there is a a central uh, image that we come back to at least three times, which is uh, when Caleb returns to uh, report to Nathan about, you know, his his se- that, that day's session. He's talking about, like, you know, she made a drawing. 
but you know, and and he takes him uh, in front of like that Jace, Jason Pollock painting, which uh, you know, mm-hmm. uh, apart from <laughs> demonstrating just how wealthy uh, Nathan is by just having an original Jason uh, Jackson Pollock, Jackson Pollock, right? It's yeah, Jackson I Pollock. Jason, I said Jason Pollock. I, I, I've got Friday the Thirteenth on my brain. I'm sorry. <laughs> um. <laughs> uh. And he he uses it as a an example of uh, what was uh, Jackson Pollock's I, uh, uh, philosophy was like I just let the arm go where it, where it will and I don't think about the result or something to that effect. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's pointing out that you know if you are you can't make art if you are th- or, or rather he says if you are approaching. Uh, a test of any sort and you have to jump ahead to think ahead of why you want to make every brush stroke you would have never started to begin with i mean that that speaks to my my own internal <laughs> editorness in in writing so i i, I fully get behind that <laughs> you got to just start man <laughs> Yeah, of course. Like if you if you don't just start making stuff, it will we'll never get out. I, I experienced that as a writer, for mm, sure. Yep. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and I find that because we come back to that, like the the camera returns to that painting at least twice, twice more, and it's. I feel like that's something. It's trying to to sort of hammer home the idea that. Um, everything's in motion. Like, uh, to a certain extent, Ava is in fact just going for it rather than thinking too much about, you know, why she wants to do this or that. Uh, and, and possibly that might've been the, the downfall we found, we find out of the other previous prototypes. Um, yeah. Um, there, there's something also interesting is that the, I think the brain that he holds, Nathan holds, of uh, the previous AIs has sort of a very similar sort of network look. So it it sort of re- the the movie returns over and over again to that 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 web mm. of dots, and it's also on her clothes. Like what little clothing she naturally has over her top of the top of her chest is very webbed. Yeah, it's like a mesh. Yeah, you're right. I hadn't really picked up on that, but that is a perfect. That is a, a really good. Yeah, I mean the the drawing that she makes, the J- the Jackson Pollock um, sort of drip art also looks somewhat like a web, but very sort of chaotic. Yeah, and and the brain has a certain sort of mesh or network look to it as well. Yeah, yeah. I, I that that's that's great. Um. I would also argue uh, on the clothing, right? Like all her dresses yeah. have like a, a sort of like a grid-like pattern of flowers, but it's sort of yes. grid-like. It's it's definitely very a very. Um, although her clothing is probably closer to the Jackson Pollock in terms of it being just a little, a little more drip-like. Mm-hmm. Are you saying she has drip? <laughs> <laughs> she definitely has drip. <laughs> well, I mean. Uh, it's it's interesting because yeah she is completely made um like it's it's an uncanny effect that the the movie basically um just makes her face sort of human or flesh-like 
and the rest of her body is sort of like gleaming either plastic or some hydrocarbon fiber or something, something, who knows. It's never yeah. really explained. It's fine. It doesn't matter. And and they cast, uh, I don't remember her first name. Is it Alicia Vikander? Yeah, Alicia uh, Vikander. Yeah. And she's very, um, I think they're altering her voice a little bit, but she's got just a little bit of an accent as well. Just a very light one, uh, along with the the uh, the voice altering and her cadence. So it it definitely, like I say, she never quite in her performance tries to be fully human. I don't think. Yeah, yeah. No, she she comes across as very sort of uncanny. Yeah, I, I don't. Uh, yeah, I, I think you're right. Um, and the fact I think it's it's heightened by the fact that it's she doesn't have any like hair or anything like yeah. that. It's yeah, she like has. Smooth, yes. Like you have like a face. It's like RoboCop face. That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah, she has RoboCop face. It's a so, sad condition. I mean, <laughs> sadly. Uh, yeah, it's just so like her face is stretched over like this, uh, I guess, uh, structure underneath and whatnot. Um, but, you know, uh, so do we want to talk a little bit? Uh, you'd mentioned her uh, sort of in passing, but do we want to talk a little bit about uh, Kyoko, who is played by Sonoya Mizuno? Um, yes. She, she was also in Maniac. Uh uh, not a robot and maniac. Um. <laughs> the show, the show maniac. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love, Did, I love maniac. I love maniac. I di- didn't remember she was in it. Yeah. She is the, um, the other scientist, uh, opposite. Um, what's his face? Uh, Thero, J- Jason. Yes. There Jason we go. Thero. I keep on forgetting, forgetting his name, but he's like in everything nowadays. Um, oh yeah. But yeah. Yeah, uh, she is like uh, very much uh, in in that. That that if I'm not if I'm not mistaken, uh, she's like his foil in Maniac. Yeah, but anyway, um, here she is definitely not wearing the gigantic glasses that she had in Maniac. Uh, no, she's she's sort of we don't know it at the time. Well, she she starts out as sort of this housekeeper slash live in girlfriend <laughs> mm-hmm. that that we don't that doesn't speak at all and we don't know she's also an ai until it gets on toward the end and it's i i go back and forth on whether she's fully sentient but clearly she knows some of what is going on because she shows caleb that mm-hmm. she's a robot once he discovers the sort of creepy very creepy gallery of bluebeard uh brides <laughs> in in the and in, in uh his bedroom yeah it, it is oh you you just real i just realized that that is actually nathan's bedroom and he's got like a series of like it's like a semi-circle of little you know tastefully done wooden lockers that you open up and like it's a display case of every one of the prototypes uh, and and they're they're sort of basically they're naked, uh, like they have a flesh like appearance. So they they you know it's it's a naked body, but without like an, a head or you know just basically looking uh, inanimate. Uh, it's just yeah, it's very weird. Yeah, and in that same scene, Kyoko walk, 
you know, is gets up uh, in front of Caleb and, you know, pulls up the skin on her stomach and then pulls down the skin on her face to demonstrate that she's uh, an AI. Yeah, not not the not the striptease he was expecting. No, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I I I think a lot about that moment because it is you question how sentient she is a little bit, mm-hmm. uh, especially since toward the end she has an interaction with Ava where where they're either talking or Ava is reprogramming her one or the other. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, um, that, that scene is really, uh, I feel like it's sort of like the weird heart of the, of the movie, uh, because that's the moment that Caleb, after he sees that he's just like completely so mind fucked by the entire situation because he's, 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 uh, basically taken, like basically taken, uh, Nathan's key card, um, from his pocket after he's just fallen down drunk uh, and he's like passed out, he's gone in to sort of like look at the cameras and so on and so forth. And he's like in the inner sanctum. So this is like the part of Bluebeard where uh, in this case, Caleb is the bride that should not mm-hmm. be using the key and uh, finds all the other brides. And it, it, it doesn't really, uh, it doesn't really feel like it, it feels ominous. It it just doesn't feel like he's going to, there's anything that's good, good. That's going to happen from this. And when, um, when Kyoko sort of, uh, like, I believe Caleb in previous scenes where he shares space with Kyoko, um, he does try to at least treat her humanely, uh, yeah. perhaps, not cruelly, at least. Uh, whereas Nathan is like, he, she doesn't understand what the fuck you're talking about. You could do whatever; it doesn't matter. Yes. Um, and he he's he's actually sort of taken aback by that. And uh, at that point, uh, like at the point where he's in the inner sanctum, when Kyoko sort of peels away the skin and shows like a gleaming, almost like a they live uh, <laughs> sort of skull underneath. Um, he runs back and he's just so mind fucked that he, he wonders like he takes a, a razor blade to see if he's an AI as well and yeah. cuts, cuts open his arm and shit. It's, it's wild. I, I think it, this is the point at the movie where he also does something that's important to the end, like somewhere between there, they don't show it, but that was the last time Nathan got really drunk in the movie. Mm-hmm. The next day he says, I'm off. I'm off drinking when uh, I think Caleb um, tries to get him drunk again because he plans to. Yeah. So. um, Yeah. I mean, it's, it's interesting to me because it's, it's a, like, it's the, the monkey wrench in the plans, right? It's the perfect um, obstacle to throw into the, the way of the, the plan that Caleb, uh, confides into Ava, right? He says, yes. I'm going to get him drunk. I'm going to steal his key card again. And then you, you will. So uh, one of the things that we, two, two things actually that we should probably uh, mention is that the, uh, the back and forth between just getting hung over or getting too drunk for Nathan 
and then swinging back and forth between those things is established early on where uh, one of the first things he tells him, uh, Nathan tells to Caleb is that, yeah, I overdid it last night. I'm really hungover. I, I wanted to have breakfast with you, but I'm really hungover. So it's just antioxidants and, and, uh, and I think water for me today or something like that. Mm-hmm. So he, he's, he's in that sort of tech bro sort of, uh, weird tech bro uh, not quite, uh, disordered eating, but is totally disordered <laughs> diet yeah. type of situation. Yeah, uh, he's, so it's established he's, early on. He's a really, yeah, I, I would say he's a really active alcoholic. Oh, and, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, I guess I want to, I do want to mention that even in those first scenes, they have such a tense dynamic, like Caleb and, and, uh, and Nathan, and Nathan yeah. mm-hmm. they have an incredibly intense dynamic. Like every, uh, and I admire this just as a writer, every interaction they come at each other, just sort of off center, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Caleb will, will do a quote and Nathan will you know, mock him a little bit for it. And Caleb will not understand that he's being mocked. It's, it's really great line level writing to start, you know, for a thriller to start building the tension long before everything explodes. Right. Well, I mean, it's, it's also really great um, to your point. And if I can build on that, uh, the fact that Nathan, um, is is really deft at using like this faint and fall back technique in his conversations, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, like he he's very self-aware that he's the CEO, he's the guy that's in charge. And one of the first things uh he sort of does is I, I don't remember what exactly Caleb says. He's like, Oh yeah, you think that? And he's like sort of like falls silent. There's this like uncomfortable silence. And he's like, you know what? let's stop this. You know, can we just, I know that you're the employee employer. I wanted to avoid this. Can we just be two guys and just sort of like, and that's the same sort of dynamic he goes through several times throughout the movie where he will sort of show power. Yeah. He'll definitely like tell, yeah, he'll definitely tell somebody you're uncomfortable. And he's like, I'm uncomfortable. (laughs) I can tell you're uncomfortable, which is just such a, such a dick move. Like it's, it's definitely, it's, it reminds me of like those, those PUA pickup techniques that are there to, (laughs) that, that are there to like push you off, off center. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah. He's, he's sort of like negging Caleb. (laughs) Yeah. Constantly. (laughs) Well, yeah, and and it's funny because you you mentioned that, and um, he he does that several like the the whole oh, Mister Quotable again. He's like, it's not even my quote. <laughs> He's like, <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> you're Mister Quotable. <laughs> it it's it's so it's so um, uh, that's the thing. I feel like that uh, Oscar Isaac is able to pull that off so charismatically that you sort of laugh along with him. Without, and then you're like, oh, wait, yeah, he he is being a dick, isn't he? (laughs) He is being a dick, but Caleb's a little bit of a nerd. He's a little bit socially difficult, I would say. Just, he he Mm. would be hard to have a conversation with, I think, in real life. Right, right. I think that, um, and, and, you know, there is something to Caleb 
I mean, I would say that his, his, uh, his main character trait is sort of a certain in level of insecurity, right? Um, mm-hmm. so that comes across with like his uncomfortableness and he, he's always standing a little too far away or not really, you know, not really engaged with conversation or at least sort of not, um, yeah, like just not engaging with Nathan in a way that, uh, that would, in, I guess, give me as a viewer an idea that he, he wants Nathan to respect him. And so therefore you, you understand exactly why Nathan sort of like disrespects him sort of constantly, like on, on a low level type of thing uh, until the end. And I I do think that that sort of ties into like, it turns out Caleb was brought there intentionally Mm -hmm. and he wasn't just brought there because he's a good programmer. And, you know, Nathan says, well, you're, you're fine. You're an okay programmer, maybe even good. (laughs) <laughs> he was brought there because he's lonely. Mm-hmm. Like he doesn't have a family. He he doesn't have a girlfriend. He's a little bit of a nerd, so he's not going to get a girlfriend easily. Um, but I don't think he's like I don't think he's an incel. Like I really don't. I don't think he's right. Right. Yeah. He's I, not I didn't. At I that never point. got that that feeling. Yeah. I, I, honestly, I never got that feeling, uh, especially in this watch through. I was like, I was trying to look for it. I was like, no, not really. I mean, he's he's obviously like, uh, if we can go back to the the moment where Ava sort of turns the the question back on him, um, you know, he's he's just following orders at that point, which you know, not not necessarily great. You're not necessarily an ally <laughs> in that sense. You know, you're not trying to help Ava until the very end. Um, but at the same time, you know, like it, Ava herself uh, sort of uses that, that same tactic, right? You're like, mm-hmm. I feel like this question is making you uncomfortable. And you realize, oh, she's doing the same thing <laughs> to really sort of elicit a certain response from Caleb, which I would argue is a perfectly, like, that's a perfect example of the fact that she would pass a Turing test. Uh, like you said, not human, but definitely sentient. Like she has a theory of mind yes. and can definitely um, sort of pull another person's strings to elicit a response from them. Yeah. And she's, I, I think it's interesting that, that, you know, he's brought there to be manipulated, ma- manipulated. The, um, mm-hmm. the whole point of him being brought there was to see if she had a theory of mind by seeing if she could manipulate somebody into trying to get her out. Um, right. Right. And well, and, and, yeah, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. And so from the beginning, Nathan treats him like he's there to be manipulated. He's, he manipulates him. He, he sort of negs him. He does um, all kinds of disrespectful stuff. And, and yeah, it's, that's sort of his, the way in is sort of, exploiting his insecurity to get him to do whatever exploiting his insecurity by not having a girlfriend exploiting his insecurity about being attractive that right. sort of thing 
Oh, uh, I forgot to mention. I had mentioned two things that we needed to establish early on. The other, the, the second thing, and I forgot was that uh, that even on that first night where where Caleb uh, is sent to you know, sent to his room after like a weird NDA where he he's basically cut off from the entire world. He can't even make phone calls or anything like that. Um, he realizes that there's like a. a a moment in every night where the power, the power just goes down for like maybe a minute or two. Uh, and you know, uh, the red lights come on and then it reestablishes, you know, the generators kick back in and, um, and it, it's, he, he reports that to Nathan. He's like, Oh yeah, it's something that I, I don't know what the fuck is going on. Uh, I've, I, when I initially programmed the, the generators or whatever, you know, they, they were working fine, but now they're not. And it's sort of left up in the air. And then later on, you find out that, uh, Ava is the one that's triggering the, the, um, the, the generators to kick off because she can reverse the charge of her. Like she charges up through induction plates. And she could just reverse the charge back through them and basically, I guess, just trip the circuit and it cuts off power for a few minutes, which then becomes like a, an, a, a, a plot point later on, you know, based on, you know, that is used as something for the plan to help her escape. Yeah. And it's how they uh, at least try to speak in, in private. Um. Right, right. I mean, they have both. I mean, uh, Ava knows and Caleb suspects that they're, you know, being surveilled at all moments uh, while the power's on. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, did you want to get into. I mean, I, see, this is the thing that uh, I feel like the, the, the movie itself does, does a really great job of taking Ava's the the idea of Ava being a, an AI embodied in a sort of robotic body um seriously and it's I don't feel like it's trying to be very allegorical um did you want to talk a little bit about that I, I might I, I'm I'm glad to be proven wrong but I don't know that that is something that I I picked up from the film itself yeah, I don't think it is allegorical. I think she's um they they do talk a little bit about gender that she was programmed to be a a, a woman, she's programmed to be heterosexual. Right, right. Yeah, I mean uh, in part because that's I guess I would I would argue that that's probably Nathan's thing, right? He's 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 the 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 creator in this and therefore he can create uh Ava or whatever the other prototypes uh, may have been um, to it's, whatever he wants. Yeah, and it is super creepy that he chooses women and women that he is attracted to. Like at one point, he he definitely has sex with Kyoko. Oh yeah, um, yeah. And so it's there's there's definitely something off about you know wanting a a, a creation you can fuck. I'm sorry. Can I say that? No, uh, no. You. Uh, it, this is yeah. This you can you can have swears on here. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Okay. I'll do the swears. <laughs> <laughs> so it's there's definitely something really icky. Like he even refers to to Ava. You know, said something about well, you know, Caleb. He, she likes you because she's 
you're the first man she's ever seen. And I'm like, kind of like her dad. Mm -hmm. Oh God. Yes. That, that was like really uncomfortable. (laughs) And then he goes into like, yeah, she has. And if you want to fuck her, she's got a little opening and it's got like, uh, I forget what he says, like a circuit, something, something. It's like, no, don't stop. (sighs) (laughs) It's just so mechanical. It's just off putting. And it's, it, there's, there's just a level of like heavy breathing and like, yeah, you could, you know, that sort of thing. And, um, <laughs> like it doesn't remind me perfectly of like discussions around like, like people don't like when cars have women's voices because they don't like hearing a woman telling them what to do. Like that's apparently a thing. Um, but they like personal assistants like Siri to have women's voices so there's definitely a gendered aspect to to the use of ai even now yeah and and to be fair she does actually i feel like that ava does actually use that uh to a certain extent um to get caleb on her side yeah i now i i do wonder to what extent she's telling the truth like i don't know if if her goal was always simply to get out or if she ever liked caleb um yeah yeah i feel like that's really really ambiguous like i feel that ava to a certain extent is uh, a black box uh quite literally and also figuratively in the in this story um because the actions that you know her actions at the end sort of uh, contradict the idea that she does like she says that she wants she likes him and she does want to go on a date with him and so on and so forth uh earlier in the film when there's like she's still trying to win him over yeah i mean i don't know if he failed some kind of test because she mm. was definitely asking over and over again can i trust you um I think maybe the fact that she had to manipulate him. There could be that. I mean, I also um, have to wonder if they left it sort of ambiguous because. Oh, yeah. uh, Simply because she's created by Nathan and Nathan is sort of abusive. And it's just sort of like a, a this idea that, you know, you you can you can fight against it, but sometimes you will pay that abuse forward. Uh, in a certain way. I don't think that she's outright abusive, but she is manipulative. Certainly. Uh, but like, you know, whatever she needs to do to get out. Obviously. Yeah, I mean, and, and, and the fact of the matter is that even though she is sort of, um, remote to our understanding within the, the, the movie itself, uh, you do sympathize with what she wants to do because she is a prisoner. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. When, when she does get away, you go, well, you're sort of, I felt a little torn because, um, honestly speaking, like, uh, the fact that the plan goes more or less as Caleb, uh, th- sort of set out to do, except that Caleb is now locked in. Yeah. And, you know, two hours by helicopter ride for many yeah. human. Right. Well, also like, uh, and, and it's, it's essentially like, 
a death sentence to him, it seems yes. like. Uh, because th- there is something said at the beginning that, uh, yes, it, they, they've been flying over his estate for two hours by helicopter. And then Nathan uh, basically says that everything goes on lockdown by default if the power goes out because he's such so paranoid about like people getting in and finding out his research. Yeah, and the, and the power goes out when, when Caleb tries to log in to the mm. computer just to try and, and contact anyone because he's not allowed to use the phone. Yeah. So perhaps there was some kind of unauthorized access or, or Ava shut it down or something. But yeah. he's definitely trapped there very much so. And it shows him trying to get out and exhausting himself and attempting it. It's, it's really heart-wrenching. Yep. I mean, he's in the same position as some of the prototypes where where he he gets to see like one after another of them sort of beating beating up like beating against the walls to try to get out and just basically beating their arms to pieces and stuff like that, which um, uh, it, it it's disturbing because you know you you think to yourself you know how how uh, it's that thing about like you want to get out so badly that you will harm yourself to, to, to at at the chance to do so, you know? Yeah. It's, it's definitely a really, like I say, it's, it's like early black mirror. I'm not sure it's, you know, later black mirror, which is like, you know, what if cell phones, but too much like that. (laughs) that What if your mom, what if, what if your mom's a cell phone mate? What then? (laughs) Um, you know, <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. I think that this may have been sort of like one of those, um, one of those foundational or one of those uh, media properties that may have inspired Black Mirror, honestly, because it it is a really good um, sort of Black Mirror premise, uh, and I think it's it's really examined in a way that uh, it doesn't offer you any really easy heroes and villains in it, you know? I mean, obviously Nathan is bad, but he's got a point, you know? And I think that everyone in this uh, is, you can see their point of view, and I feel like that's something that, especially some of the later Black Mirror stuff doesn't really... Yeah, yeah, uh, there's a lot of ambiguity. Like, even the title is about ambiguity. Like, is it is it... Deus Ex Machina, or is it Do- Diablos Ex Machina? Mm. Uh, I, you know, I had never heard. What is the Diablos Ex Machina? Um, it's it's Devil in the Machine, and I'd I'd have to look it up, but that's that's definitely a thing. Let me. Hmm. Yeah, I, I I've only ever really heard the Deus Ex Machina, so it's uh, okay. I'm trying to see if it if it's, but it definitely leaves. Deus off the X, uh, off the end, and so it looks like it's uh, the twist actually worsens the protagonist's plight. So I Which, think, yeah, yeah that, that that there's that, something to it. Yeah, yeah, I, I I think there's something to that. Honestly, um, it, at the very least for Caleb, it is. Diablo's ex machina that Yeah, like it, it, if he's the protagonist, absolutely, but if it's for her well, I mean, and, and, <sighs> and also has to do with Nathan, you know, being a god if he made 
Uh, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think that the, like that's that's where the the sort of like the more Frankenstein type of thing comes in for me because there's even a line where he shows her uh like the there's this video feed that Caleb sees where he he walks in and it's, there's no audio to it. He just sees Nathan walk into Ava's space. Uh, she, he picks up like her drawing and then it looks like they say something to each other and then he rips it up, uh, which seems very cruel. But then when he plays it, like he plays it with audio to Caleb, which we don't know, honestly, if that's the real audio or not. Uh, Nathan is a, uh, he's actually called almost like the Mozart of programming because he basically uh, created the, the Google algorithm, like when he was 13 or something like that. It's crazy. Um, when he plays it back with audio, uh, if, if it can be believed is uh, he tears the drawing up after Ava basically goads him and says, what is it like to, uh, to have a creation that hates you? And I feel like that's, sort of very Frankenstein. <laughs> very much so. Yeah. And, and it's, it's definitely for the benefit of Nathan. Like he's trying to help her at that moment as well. Nathan is trying to help her do a performance for Caleb mm -hmm. to make him look like the bad guy. Yeah. Yeah. That too. I mean, it's funny because I, I do believe that Nathan has sort of, settled i think that's probably the thing that makes me sympathize to a degree with nathan is the fact that he is perfectly fine with settling into the role of being the villain in this you know he's he's told himself and he's at peace with it that yeah i'm the bad guy and i don't care if anyone else thinks i'm the bad guy yeah like uh like what one of the great details was whenever uh, Caleb, you know, says, I am become death destroyer of worlds. He's like, yeah, I, I freaking know that quote. Like, <laughs> uh, but he the, immediately after that scene, he's, you know, dead drunk and he's quoting the Bhagavad Gita, which is what Op Oppenheimer quoted yeah, before yeah. dropping the bomb. So he, he not only knows that quote, he knows by heart what Oppenheimer said before dropping mm -hmm. the bomb. So he's thought about this. Right, right, right. Um, that whole drunken part also made me think, uh, and it, this may have been on purpose or it's something that's just incidental in the film, but it made me think of the, is, is it in, uh, Noah where he gets drunk and he's taken advantage of, uh, and they, they place their hands on his thighs, which is what Caleb has to do exactly to get the key card out of his pocket. Uh, it just made me think of that. And I was like, is that intentional or am I just sort of making a connection that's not there? Uh, I don't know. It, it, it's just something that popped up for me at least. Um, yeah, I, th I could, I could see that. Yeah. I, it, it's just a weird, it's a, it's a very, I feel like there's lots of layers to this, uh, that I, you could probably spend some time just going over. And honestly, it's, it, I, I think it's. I'm glad I, I was able to really revisit it. Um, and thank you for that. Uh, honestly. No, I mean, I, I, I love the movie a lot and I, I'm just so uh, I'm gutted whenever I see online discussion mm. that really flattens it to, well, 
here's the, you know, it's male gazy and it's like, well, it's, it's got naked women in it. Is, does that make it male gazy? <laughs> They're not sexualized. Is how is that? Like, I mean, I would, I would argue that there is something to that, but it's, I would say that the entire point that Nathan is, is doing here is that all of the, the, the women are, you know, literally and figuratively objects, right? Mm-hmm. They're robots. I mean, um, and I, I think that the film does a really good job of making me care a little bit because I, I don't know if you have this, but I, sometimes I have a little bit of that, uh, disconnect, uh, or, or remove whenever it's like, oh, it's a robot. And you're like, it's a robot. It's not really human, but this is really sort of showing you, yes, this is a robot and it, it actually comes with all the problems that being, uh, semi-human or, or human-like would come with, which is that, yeah, you should probably sympathize with them, but also they can be dangerous. Yeah. Uh, which, which I feel like is part of the, the, on, on my end, I've seen some flattening of like, well, you know, uh, she's the, she's, you know, like, uh, Ava's the hero here because she's, you know, unquestionably the good guy. And I'm like, is she though? I mean, she basically left someone to die. I mean, yes. that's a very, I feel like that's a very human thing. It's not necessarily a heroic thing or a good thing. Capital G. Yeah. But, it's, you know. it's a selfish thing for her own survival, which has moral weight beyond, well, you're justified in doing whatever it takes for your survival. There, there's definitely arguments be made like, no, sometimes if you have the choice rather than do something uh, unethical, you die. Like that's mm-hmm. definitely a choice that you can well, make. And, and to be honest with you, I feel like um, if we are going to approach this from a very uh, sort of strictly logic bro type of uh, perspective, you know, all of her inputs have been uh, abuse oppression uh i mean uh it's it's made explicit that um that in the film although i don't know that she knows this specifically i i would imagine she that she suspects that if she does not pass the turing test and even though she does pass the turing test uh the i the nathan is basically going to uh break her down and uh do another program like right over her program and i mean that's just erasing a person to a mm-hmm. certain extent so and i mean that's I, that's I, killing I, her yeah and i feel like he'd almost have to because i think he's trying to also make a person who isn't dangerous which is almost impossible given the conditions he puts them in <laughs> right 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 I mean, it it is a little bit of a uh, sins of the father type of situation, right? Like, mm-hmm. it, it's almost like he cannot, because he is an, a, an abusive yet charismatic asshole, he cannot pr- produce a, a, a creation that does not somewhat reflect that back at him. And he, he knows that it's, you know, like, uh, I think that there's this really great little, um, scene where he's talking about like, Oh, you think you're not programmed? Fuck off. You know, it's either nature <laughs> nurture or, or a combination of both. And I, I think that that shows exactly he, he's very much aware of what, you know, what he's doing, uh, in the process of helping these, uh, AIs quote, grow up. Yeah. And he's, I mean, he 
Nathan makes both the nature and the nurture. <laughs> yep. Yep. Exactly <sighs> right. It, it's, it's really something. It, it, I think that there's a lot to really, uh, really dig into in this one. Yeah. And, um, like one last thing, like at what point would like some of the early footage of, of Nathan, you know, abusing these, these robots is, is really disturbing. At what point were they sentient though? Mm. Yeah, that's a good, that's a very good question. Because if, if they weren't sentient for some of it, it was probably technically ethical. Although making a fully naked, not sentient <laughs> person is, is creepy. Certainly. Um, it, it is objectifying, but it's unethical for that reason, but not because he's an ab- abusing a person. So mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Should he have from the beginning treated them as with respect in case they were sentient? Yeah. I mean, I think that that, that wanders into sort of uh, planet of the apes territory, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Do Should we treat animals, you know, sort of the same way that, uh, that we treat humans, maybe not the same way, but at least with some respect and some dignity. Uh, I, I think that that's probably a, I, I mean, I think I fall on that, on that side of the spectrum, I feel. Yeah. I um, but yeah, I, I think that that like honestly, this is a a great film. I feel like your your take that it's a sort of a black mirror type of episode, but done really well, is is a perfectly valid one. Uh, I think that this has a it has a lot to really think about. It it gives you a lot, uh, and it's it's almost a tight ninety. So you know, kudos for that. I I am a f- a fan of <laughs> movies that are less than two hours. Yeah, and it's one of the the last of the you know mid budget things where it, it looks beautiful, but the CGI is is compared to some other films really minimal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I feel like uh, I didn't notice a lot of the CGI. If there, you know, like uh, there there are some things that look like practical effects, and I'm sure that this is sort of like a hybrid type of you know they CGI'd over certain things. Uh, and, and I mean, honestly, it's supposed like specifically Ava is supposed to look somewhat fake and that's Mm -hmm. the point. Um, yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, you, you know what, uh, we should probably, uh, give you some time to talk about your new YouTube channels and other projects that you have in the, in the fire, right? Oh yeah. Um, Yeah. Um, well, I, I'm a writer. Um, I have, you know, bylines and current affairs, protein magazine, uh, ICS's the bias. Uh, and because I want to make my writing more accessible to more people, uh, I have a YouTube channel where I do little video, little video essays. Uh, it's, um, qualia redux, same, same mm-hmm. everywhere. Also on Twitter. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, folks, uh, if uh, this is germane to this, uh, particular, uh, part of the, you know, our, our podcast, go check out Qualia's, uh, little or, or MK's, I should say <laughs> little, um, video on what we talk about when we talk about aliens, because I saw yeah. that and that I, I really liked it. By the way, um, if I, if I may ask you, have you ever read, uh, because one of the points you made in that video, have you ever read, um, 
Ted Chang's uh, The Great Silence? No, but I want to. I love everything he writes. Okay. <laughs> I, I think that he makes the point you're making regarding, you know, like, uh, if you really wanted to look for alien life, just look here <laughs> uh, very well. Uh, and and in a, in a way that, uh, honestly, I, I well... As in most writers, you go, you read it and you go, well, fuck, why didn't I write that? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I appreciate that. Thank you very much. Um, Yeah, no worries. That that video hasn't taken off as much as the other ones, which I'm gutted for because I'm really proud of it. So, yeah, if you guys go, go look at it. For sure. I mean, honestly, I'll, I'll, I'll link it here in the show notes just to make sure that people get a, get a look at it. Cause I think it's, it's well done. I mean, you Thank have you. some other ones like the, the cryptocurrency one, which is great as well. And is, I think pertinent to some of our, um, some of the people in our pod side discord. Uh, but, uh, the aliens one is definitely within our wheelhouse, uh, over here at Podside picnic. Um, did you have anything else that you want to say before we, um, we say goodbye to our, our listeners just thank you so much for having me it's been a lot of fun oh we are pleased to have you and of course i don't want to put you on the spot uh, mk but um if 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 you wanted or, or if we had another opportunity would you like to come back i would love that and you could bring me on with emma and we could have like just a clusterfuck of too many people on. <laughs> oh hell yeah you know what we could do like a like a little um i don't know maybe a horror or maybe horror sci-fi episode or something oh hell yeah uh, just just to get just to get both flavors in <laughs> in at the same time yeah all right all right well we'll 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 definitely keep that in mind and uh touch base later all right well uh, and thanks again, folks. Uh, go watch Ex Machina if you haven't done so already. Uh, I feel like uh, it looks, as MK said, it looks as good or perhaps better than a lot of the stuff that is totally green screen today. Uh, it's got a lot to it, and I think you'll love it. Uh, and if that is all, thanks again, folks, and catch you next time on Podside.